Welcome to episode 31 of the Airport Experience News Podcast. Make sure to visit airportxnews.com slash podcast to listen to all of our episodes or simply subscribe on your podcast provider of choice. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, or Stitcher. In this episode, I continue the series of featuring some very prominent women in our industry as I basically extend the reach of Women's History Month by several weeks, which is not a big thing in my mind. Here, I chat with Barbara Yamamoto, the Chief Experience Officer for Los Angeles World Airports. Barbara shares the work she and her team have been doing from pretty much the beginning, where it was a mindset and cultural change needed to take LAX from where it was to where it needed to be. And this comes somewhat on the heels of the ground clearing for the new automated people mover, which is just the latest step in the evolution of the LAX experience. And at the head of it all, directing the evolution of the traveler's experience at LA, is Barbara. Anyway, here is my conversation with Barbara Yamamoto. So I'm here with Barbara Yamamoto, the Chief Experience Officer with Los Angeles World Airports. Barbara, thank you for joining me. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. The Chief Experience Officer title, or at least some variation of it, it's been gaining some popularity or a lot of traction within uh, many airport staffs around the country. And rightfully so, uh, as uh, airports like LEX are undergoing many renovations and evolutions, you know, you're certainly elevating the traveler experience kind of makes sense to have a position, you know, on the team such as this one. So the work that's been going on with LEX and you being at the center of improving that traveler experience is kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on. But I'd like to first get a bit of, of your background. Just from reading your bio, you certainly have a familiarity and history with the city of LA and LEX, but I'd love for you to kind of go into maybe some of that and maybe a little more if there isn't anything else that's on the bio that, that I read. Yeah, sure, of course. Um, I've been fortunate to um, work for the city of Los Angeles for more than 30 years. And as you know, um, the airport is a department of the city of Los Angeles. Um, Most of my background has been in the public relations field and and I've had the opportunity to work with other city departments. Um, But in the year 2000, um, LAX was creating its first community relations division and I was fortunate enough to be selected for that job. And that was really my introduction to the world of airports. Um, nine months after I joined Los Angeles World Airports, or LAWA, um, 9-11 happened. And so everybody's world were all turned upside down. Um, so I've witnessed a lot of change during my LAX career. Um, during my tenure here, I've also mentioned... Uh, managed an employee communications program, um, as well as our customer service program for our frontline passenger assistance programs, and that included our volunteers and our paid assistants, as well as our um, our therapy dog program. Um, and about four years ago, when our new CEO came on board, um, I moved from the boots on the ground service and operations to our new guest experience initiative, which we call the LA Exceptional Experience. And so that brings me to where I am today. Oh, excellent. So you, you mentioned you had some community relations uh, aspect to what you had been doing prior to LAX. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. So that was my, my first job when I got here to the airport. And at the time, any kind of airport expansion or modernization was really taboo. Um, <laughs> so it was a very challenging time. Um, but we were able to work through that and have some dialogue and, you know, times have changed. No, certainly. And I guess that kind of helps contribute to, I mean, 
listen, the airport is a huge part of the community. And obviously that's, that's your base that will be using the, the facilities. So it kind of helps to have, to understand your, <laughs> the community, right. And then have relations with them that goes into the experience of things. Right, exactly. I mean, you know, living next to an airport certainly has its challenges and we want to be respectful. We want to be um, a good neighbor. Um, as our um, councilman often says, you know, we want to have um, a world-class airport, but we also want to be a first-class neighbor. So it's, it's extremely important. So as I mentioned earlier, many airports are having a chief experience officer position or a CXO or however you uh, want to put it. And obviously the responsibilities may vary. So not meaning to use you as a template, but maybe we should. But can you define the position of chief experience officer, at least as it applies to LAX? Sure. Um, well, I'm happy to say that I, I believe that I have the best and the coolest title at the airport and possibly the best and coolest job. So um, I'm really privileged and, and honored to be in this position. Um, but what my job really entails is leading a culture change. Um, and that means fostering a hospitality mindset mm -hmm. and an exceptional ethic. Um, amongst everyone who works at, at this airport. Um, our goal is really to create those LA exceptional experiences um, by making our guest visits not only efficient, but we also want to be hospitable and, and memorable through improved facilities or improved processes or even improved people. Um, and we want to do it in a manner that uh, feels like you're in Los Angeles. So we want, want it to be done in a way where we are showcasing the ambiance and the excitement and the lifestyle of um, our city and region. My next question is, you know, the Land Access Modernization Program or LAMP, uh, that's the most recent initiative uh, that's been going on for a while. But for me, in, in my time in this position or with the AXN, you know, it really, the whole experience with, for LAX began with, with uh, the Tom Bradley International Terminal, which you just mentioned, you want it to feel uniquely LA, um, or at least the region. I remember touring Tibet, you know, uh, I think it maybe been a couple months old at the time, which it was great. Um, so essentially in your role, how else can experience be felt beyond the tangible, like you know, the structures and design? You, you just touched on it just now saying it's, it's a cultural mindset within the, uh, the staff that I'm sure permeates out to the, to the, um, to the travelers and the consumers, correct? That's correct. Um, so facilities and any kind of infrastructure improvement, is that, that's a huge part of the guest experience overall. But we know that it can't just be a facilities improvement. It has to be um, sort of a multi-pronged approach. So um, there have been some studies that have said that facilities uh, make up only about a third um, of a guest overall experience. Sure. So we know that in addition to, you know, the $17 billion that we are investing into our facilities, um, we also have to invest into our processes through improved technology and innovation. And we also have to invest in the 55,000 people who work here at the airport because, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's really the people that create those memorable experiences. And so, so how, you, you know, I'm, I'm always in, intrigued by the whole changing the cultural mindset, you know, that kind of thing. So how has it been received? I mean, again, this is uh, in the grand scheme of things, you know, your position or at least this, these tasks are relatively new and probably more so since 9-11. Since but has it been generally accepted? Has it just been saying, well, it's, this is a natural evolution of things in terms of within the staff? Yeah, so we're about maybe uh, four years into this guest experience initiative, and um, 
I would say that at the beginning, there was a lot of skeptics <laughs> and, you know, I caught a few eyeballs rolling, <laughs> like, you know, what is this and why do we have to do it? Um, but I'm so pleased at the progress that we've made in a short amount of time. Um, the buy-in has been incredible. Um, the partnerships have been amazing. Um, and, you know, I, I think this is all because uh, this initiative is not just a fad or a phase, but this is something mm -hmm. that our CEO and our commission truly believe in. And that's where we get um, that buy-in because it's coming from the top. Um, and in fact, our um, mayor, Eric Garcetti, has a customer service initiative throughout the city of Los Angeles um, to improve that level of service to everyone. Um, and of course, airports, we get special attention because we are often the first and the last impression of the city of Los Angeles. So we, we really want to, to lead the way in all of this. I was going to add that um, another reason I think we're successful is that this initiative has been designed um, with our partners' input from the get-go. So we have um, a guest experience partners council made up of all um, our um, critical stakeholders within the airport, including the airlines, concessionaires, TSA, CBP, and then of course um, our senior managers. Um, and we meet monthly, um, and this group is chaired by our CEO, Deborah Flint. Um, and we really focus on guest experience um, initiatives and how we can work together to make those improvements. Awesome. I'm surprised that some people kind of rolled their eyes. I mean, not, not to speak ill of anything, but as a longtime Angelino, I'm sure you know the perception of LAX for the longest time up until, you know, the recent, you know, like Tibet and et cetera, that, you know, you guys are a great gateway and, and now you're evolving that, correct? So I'm, I'm surprised that it's, it, it took a bit to kind of get people to, to buy in or maybe not. Right. So it's, this is such a, a new concept, actually, because for the first time, the airport sort of stepped up and wanted to create an airport-wide experience. I think in the past, um, we saw airports as just being a transportation hub. And, yeah. you know, our role was to get people from A to B. But now that has significantly changed. And we realized that we have to look at the person's experience along A to B and how they are feeling along that way. Um, we also realized that there are so many different agencies and companies and contractors and brands at the airport um, that we need to create a consistent level of service no matter who you work for or what you do. Um, our, you know, we have such a vast employee base, but um, LAWA only employs about 3,500 of them. So getting everyone on board, no matter who you get your paycheck from, um, is a challenge for any airport. Oh, sure. So talk about some of your sources of inspiration, you know, either within the industry or outside of it, when it comes, when in terms of creating that optimal experience for the passenger. Uh, I, I look at things like, you know, I always like when we tend to look outside of our little industry because then we can try to adopt it. Like, and one, when I was on the site the other day, I remembered, you know, just let's say um, adding um, Alexa into, you know, the, the virtual assistant. Um, with Amazon products, you know, adding that into the mix just as a cool little touch. Um, because to me, even though you're not on airport property, you're still 
it's you're still tethered to to LAX in some way. Uh, what are there any other soft touches or maybe inspirations that you found uh, during your time uh, in this position that you've kind of implemented or wanted to implement? Yeah, well, you know, there are a lot of sources of experience, inspiration, and, you know, right in our own backyard, we have Disney. Um, <laughs> and someone said that LAX really has a lot in common with Disney because uh, we have congestion, large crowds, and long lines of people all waiting to get on a ride. So I thought that was such a, a great comparison. Um, and we have a lot to learn from the Disney model of success, um, especially um, their focus on the importance of the employee experience. Um, and I think we would agree that to create loyal and happy guests, we have to create loyal and happy employees and that the employee experience is just as important as the guest experience. So that's why we've invested a lot into our employees in terms of uh, training and mystery shops and, and a rewards program because um, you know I, I totally agree with Disney. It really starts with our employees. Um, Another inspiration is um, we've also looked to Cornell University School of Hospitality, you know, as sort of the best of the best in the hospitality industry. Wow. So we recently partnered with uh, their online unit to provide our frontline staff uh, with training and tools necessary to create those exceptional guest experiences. So we're really um, delighted about that partnership, and we hope that our guests will see and feel a difference in the level of service at LAX. Have you done kind of like a walk in the traveler's shoes from point A from curb to gate, let's say, to, to see where the improvements can come? Something like that? Yes, um, that's kind of what our job is, you know, is to see everything from the point of view of the guest. Um, we have um, more of a systematic approach to this now, um, thanks to our partners council, who really recommended that we look at each terminal separately, um, because uh, depending on which terminal in, you're going to have a different sure. experience. So um, every month, well, we have scheduled walks with the entire teams in the terminals, in including all the partners that make up that experience, um, and we have an action plan that we keep track of and we monitor to make sure that some of these things are being implemented. Um, there's a lot of things um, that can be done in the short term while we wait for our long-term solution with the LAMP and other facilities improvements. So it's an ongoing um, you know, process and it's a, it's a work in progress, but it's something that, that is definitely important to always see things um, from the point of view of our guests. So one more question on that. Um, you mentioned LAMP, and I know you guys did a recent uh, ground clearing, groundbreaking, et cetera. You know, what's, can you talk about your overall excitement in the next phase of the LEX experience? Yeah, there is just a tremendous amount of excitement um, about what's to come. Um, you know, we use the word transformation a lot, but I don't think it's overused in this case. It is mm -hmm. a terrific transformation that's happening. Um, and we can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. We had the groundbreaking and we know in four years, this place is going to be such a change. It's going to be a phenomenal change. Um, we recognize that in the next four years, this, we're going to have some growing pains. Um, <laughs> so for all anybody visiting LAX in the next um, you know, four years, just be prepared. Um, we are going to do our best to communicate to you information so that you have what you need to be prepared um, so that you can plan ahead and so that you can set your expectations. Um, 
but everyone should be so excited about what's to come. It's just going to be a true transformation. That's great. That's great. So just to pivot a little bit, um, you know, one of the other reasons why I wanted to chat with you um, has to do with uh, the role of women in significant positions within our industry. You know, we're coming off of, or maybe still in as we're recording this, you know, uh, uh, Women's History Month. And your leader, Deborah Flint, you mentioned, uh, who I very much respect, um, she is unfortunately one of the few women CEOs within this industry. So if you can, if you can just share a little bit about your viewpoint um, of women within this industry or even outside in terms of being given opportunities to advance to these really key and significant uh, positions. So I've been, um, this is kind of a funny question for me because in the past 20 years, I've had four CEOs and all of them have been women. <laughs> so great. I didn't realize that men were qualified for the position. So I've been really fortunate to be in that kind of position where our leaders have always been women. Um, I'm also extremely lucky that the city of LA is all about uh, gender equity, and that's really reflected on our team. Um, women make up about a third of our senior management team. Our commission has three out of seven board members who are female. Um, so I think that's just a great example of um, you know women in leadership. Um, I think what women bring to the leadership table is a different point of view, um, different perspectives, different insights, um, and that kind of diversity is, is really important. Um, it can only make the decision-making process uh, richer and more engaging and, you know, probably better decision-making. Um, also, I think... <laughs> My wife would, would think, agree with you. I think... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, women in leadership also play a role in terms of um, mentoring and, you know, nurturing um, rising stars. Um, I think women are particularly good at that um, because they probably see things from their own, you know, walking in their own shoes and things that have worked for them and things that they need um, in order to be successful. Excellent. So my last question uh, for you, Barbara, is, is this, you know, and just feeding off of the last question there. Um, do you feel any pressure? I mean, maybe not in terms of being a model for other young women, you know, uh, showing that being proof that this uh, kind of attainment is very possible. And knowing that I am a father of a 13 year old, by the way, that's why I'm extra curious about this one. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh, well, good luck to you. Thank you. <laughs> with your teenager. Um, I, I also have um, two um, children as well. Um, and I think that, you know, everyone is a role model because, um, you know, matter, no matter what your titles may be or who you are, um, people are always watching and learning from one another. Um, but I would agree that being a role model for anyone comes with a tremendous amount of responsibility. Um, it's a responsibility to not only talk the talk, but you have to put your words into action. And that's where your integrity really comes into play. Um, it's, a, it's a responsibility to be accountable for your actions. So, you know, you take the hits when things go wrong and you share <laughs> yeah. the wins when things go right. Um, and it's a, a responsibility to really listen to each other um, because listening is 
such an important skill if you want to see action and you want to see improvement and change. Um, so well, I have lots of role models um, and, and I learn constantly from them. Well, Barbara, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with me and uh, thank you again and, and please give my best to, uh, to Deborah. I will. Thank you so much for this opportunity.